0: Hello there, and welcome to the Justice at Work podcast. I'm Adian Miller. I'm an attorney here at the law firm of Barrett and Farahani. Our law firm specializes in employment cases throughout the state of Georgia, and we represent workers in the workplace. We're here for you anytime you may have any type of question. Today, I wanted to talk a little bit about COVID in the workplace, which I know has been a pretty hot topic that a lot of folks have been talking about in the last year. Now that we're seeing a potential resurge with the Delta variant, uh, I wanted to touch on some of the things that we've learned in the past year um, from the first few surges. So we're still looking and we're still learning. There hasn't been a lot of time for there to be a lot of studies. Um, Preliminary research shows that at-risk employees are disproportionately affected by COVID. And the reason for that seems to be that the jobs that were reduced due to COVID Um, And the layoffs that occurred tended to be jobs in the hospitality industries or jobs that require face-to-face interactions like restaurants and gyms and fast food places. And so those jobs tend to pay an hourly wage and they don't tend to be very high paying jobs. So what we're seeing is that the more vulnerable populations have been disproportionately affected by the economic consequences of COVID. Um, Preliminary research from the Brookings Institute has shown that in 2018, before COVID first hit, nearly half of all working women worked in jobs paying low wages, usually averaging about $10.93 an hour. And so because of the concentration in low wage and face-to-face jobs being terminated during COVID, layoffs have hit women, for example, particularly hard. The higher wage jobs could transition to remote working environments, teleworking, etc. Um, but a lot of the low wage jobs could not make that jump so easily. So, for example, the unemployment rate for women jumped by more than 12 percentage points between February and April, while it was only 10% for men. In a survey from May to June, one of four women who became unemployed during the pandemic reported the job loss was due to a lack of childcare, and that was twice the rate of men who were surveyed. More recent studies show that these losses continue to accumulate. Uh, Between February and August, mothers of children 12 years and younger lost 2.2 million jobs, compared to 870,000 jobs lost among fathers. So what we're seeing in the workplace is that is women being pushed out, is more vulnerable populations suffering the consequences. And some of this is not immediately rectifiable. There's no easy way to try to address some of these problems, which are systemic, may deal with stereotypes in the workplace, underlying economic disparities. But there are some things we can try to do to protect our jobs. And I wanted to run through some of that um, with you for those folks who feel like they might be at risk uh, in another wave of COVID, some measures you can take to try and protect your employment Um, None of this is surefire. None of this is going to guarantee you a job, but we might as well do as much as we can uh, to try to protect our incomes. So one of the first things you should know is that the Family First Coronavirus Act was in place last year to provide protections to employees who might be affected by COVID. That Act is no longer mandatory. However, it is offered an incentive to companies. So companies who choose to offer the protections of that act basically choose to opt into it. And what that means is that they receive a tax credit if they agree to offer the protections of, it's called the FFCRA. Um, so some employers are choosing to do that because it's an incentive for them. So one of the first things you can do is if you do find that you are affected by COVID is to ask your employer if they've opted into the act. And if so, there should be some protections available to you. I would also advise any employee who's working an hourly job. So if you were paid by the hour, you want to maintain your own time records. This is a really good practice in general. I recommend it to everybody. If you're ever not paid correct overtime. Um, or if there's ever skimming of your time, having those records is invaluable to recovering your wages. However, in these situations, it's especially important because it allows you to track also the amount of leave that you've accumulated. You want to always know your leave balance for sick leave and personal leave in case you need to rely on that. You do not want to rely on the company or the company's HR department to tell you how much leave you have available. I can guarantee you, since they are usually staffed by human beings, that mistakes are made, information can be lost, and if there's a mistake made, they can fire you for that. Georgia is in an at-will state and they can fire you for almost any reason that doesn't violate federal law. So you wanna make sure that you're very clear with them and that you have records that show exactly how much leave you're entitled to And you want to also make sure that for whatever the policies are for requesting time off or for requesting any kind of leave, that you follow them exactly, make your request in writing, and that you also keep a record for yourself. Again, HR and the company, they are not your friends here, they are not here to help you stay employed. You want to be doing everything you can to make sure you're not giving anyone a reason to look at you as one of the employees to maybe let go if the company's facing a shortage and needs to reduce its employees. Another point to consider is even if the person you interact with, say your shift manager, is pretty relaxed and seems like your friend and you guys get along, the person he reports to might be an entirely different person. And so you can't really be sure of what the policy is going to be from manager to manager. So what you want to do is ask for a copy of your employee handbook. It should have everything in there regarding how to request leave, and you want to follow those instructions exactly, no matter what anyone else may tell you. If you don't have an employee handbook, I guarantee that you were given one on your first day of work. You are probably given two seconds to scan it and then you are asked to sign a document Mm -hmm. saying that you've read it. If they did not actually give you a copy, what they're required to do is keep a copy in the office that you can review. And so at any point you can just ask on a break, hey can I see the copy of the employee handbook? I have some questions. Um, And then look for the policies that relate to leave, um, that relate to any sort of medical leave, personal leave, sick leave, vacation time, anything along those lines and if you have a phone I would even recommend making uh, taking a picture of it so that you have a written copy of it you want to be thinking that you want to be documenting everything you can this is definitely a situation for crossing your T's and dotting your I's if you do contract COVID I would recommend that you immediately notify your supervisor and you do not return to work until you have talked to a supervisor. I have had cases come across my desk where employees didn't even know they had COVID and then tested positive and were terminated for exposing the workplace. I personally think it's ridiculous, but you wanna err on the side of caution. I think the best way to notify your supervisor or your manager of anything is always in writing. I know that's not always possible depending on the kind of work you do. So I would recommend sending a text message, if possible, or sending an email, or if you have a phone call, follow up with an email or text message to document what you talked about. In the state of Georgia, you are also able to record phone calls. It's a one-party consent state, so as long as you're consenting to the recording of the phone call, you're able to record the call. There are a number of apps that you can get on your phone to make that fairly easy for you. It's worth figuring it out. And circling back to the issue of keeping records of the time that you work and the leave that you accrue, there are also apps for your phone that would allow you to basically clock in on your own phone and clock out on it. And it will generate an automatic report for you, and so that way you can maintain your own time records pretty easily if you do have access to some kind of smartphone. If you are terminated, I would advise you to immediately file for unemployment. Unemployment right now in the state of Georgia is backlogged several months. It's going to be a long time before you see any money if you do at all. And so you want to go ahead and submit that application. Now when you're terminated you receive a notice of separation from the company or you should. So if they don't give that to you, you have the right to ask for that. You can still apply for unemployment and that should force them to produce it. So those are the things you want to do immediately if you find yourself in a situation with COVID and you're an hourly worker. For employees who are in perhaps salaried positions, perhaps more executive style positions, There's still some concerns present, even if these jobs do provide for telecommuting or remote work opportunities. There is a concern, and I will say this is my concern from what I see, that companies use situations like this to reorganize and do reductions in force. So RIFs is a term I think most people are familiar with. The issue with reductions in forces and company reorganization and layoffs is that they're supposed to not target employees. They're supposed to usually roll on the basis of seniority, first in, first out, letting go of some of the newly acquired employees so that the company can stay afloat, ideally. What I have seen happen over and over again is that company uses layoffs or reorganization as a cover to hide their termination of employees that they want to discriminate against. And that tends to be the more vulnerable workforce. So your older employees, your female employees, your minority employees, these are the employees that can be targeted in a reduction in force. Now, technically, if you are laid off in in, in that kind of situation, there's usually a type of notice and they will provide some statistics uh, because the government knows that companies do this as well. And the statistics will usually indicate just how many people were let go due to, that were white, or were black, or female, or male. So that the numbers can be looked at to show whether or not they were using it to just target a particular demographic. My experience is those numbers can sometimes be a little skewed depending on how they report the departments and how the organization ends up playing out. The problem is here in Georgia we are in a right to work state with very few protections for our employees and judges tend to be favorable towards companies. The judges in Georgia don't usually want to get involved and tell a company how to run its business unless there's clear evidence of a discriminatory intent that violates federal law. discriminatory intent that violates federal law involves terminating somebody or disciplining them for their age, their race, their religion, their ethnicity, et cetera, et cetera. Absent clear evidence of that, it's hard to prevail in those types of discrimination and retaliation cases. But the truth is, a lot of companies will use an organization like this to sort of sweep out everybody they want to get rid of. And then when they get questioned about it, they say, well, we weren't you know, discriminating against anybody. Look, we had to let go all of these people. So if you're in a salaried position and... and you feel like this may be a situation that's going to be occurring for you. There are a few things you can do. Honestly, even if you're an hourly employee, it's always worth it to ask for a performance review. Most companies have some sort of system in place where you might get it quarterly or once a year. If you don't have a system in place to get a performance review, you can always ask your supervisor for one. Ask to have it in writing and say you just want some feedback so you know what you're doing right and what you're doing wrong. A lot of performance reviews tend to be fairly positive, and so you want to accumulate that as evidence of your positive work performance. If there's any kind of data associated with your job that shows you're a stellar employee, say you're making more sales calls than other people, or you brought in more fees in a certain time period, you want to have that documented in some way too and you want to have it documented in a way that's accessible to you, so that if you get a layoff notice, it's already ready to go. Sometimes that kind of information can be evidence that of all the people that should have been laid off or let go, um, you weren't the one, that you had stellar performance and there was actually no good reason for this company to want to lose that it is still difficult. These are the har- some of the hardest cases to prove. But it is helpful, I think, if nothing else, for our, our mental health to try and do as much as we can to try and create as much solid ground under our feet as we can amass. So I will say, if you're laid off in this fashion, that's a bit difficult. but. Again, you would want to go ahead and document and try to have the records that show your performance. Another thing you can do is you can always file with the EEOC. You can go to Equal Employment Opportunity Commission, that's EEOC.gov, and you can file a charge of discrimination within 180 days of the adverse action, and they will conduct an investigation into the circumstances of your termination. If you feel that you have been discriminated against in the workplace, I always advocate for holding your employer accountable and at least getting more information. I'd also suggest during these uncertain times that you have your resume ready to go. (laughs) Even if you're working in, say, hourly and maybe your work history has been largely fast food restaurants. Have that documented somewhere, have a resume ready to go so that you are ready to go out and apply for other jobs if something else happens. I do hate to give this kind of advice but right now with COVID being so uncertain, I think we need to face the realities of trying to at least make our lives and our income as secure as possible so that at the very least we can control this or try to control this one aspect. Of course, If you need our help, we are always here for you. Um, Our phone number is 404-671-4954. And you can also visit us on the web at www.justiceatwork.com. So thanks for listening, everybody. Stay safe out there.